your shows, your entertainment, and your network. This is Rant EM I want to take a moment right now to talk to the gentleman who is seven times world heavyweight champion, the only man to hold that distinction in the entire history of the NWA, Harley Race. The entire being of wrestling, the only human being. And in Baltimore, I'll guarantee you, Mr. Flair, that it's going to be number eight. I don't care what I've got to do. I don't care how far I've got to go or what it takes. Number eight is going to be Harley Races. I am the ultimate thing in wrestling today. I'm going to continue to be until I say that I'm ready not to be. Now, in order to prove that, I've got to get by one individual. Gordon, I don't mean to be out here hollering and shouting, but when I get to thinking about Ric Flair, that's the way it comes out. Flair, you're mine. Guaranteed fact. You're a beaten man the second you walk in the ring. You know it. I know it. And Baltimore is going to find it out. And a steel cage is going to spell the difference you feel. A steel cage is how he stole it, along with a left-handed referee that continually got in the way. That's how I'm taking it back. It'll be right inside this. It's the Night of Champions in Baltimore, Maryland at the Civic Center. On Thursday, October 11th, match time is 8 p.m. The World Heavyweight Wrestling Championship goes on the line. Ric Flair defending against seven times World Heavyweight Champion Harley Race. This match will be in a steel cage. The National Heavyweight Champion Ted DiBiase defends his title against Ronnie Garvin. And the National Tag Team Champions, the Road Warriors, will defend their titles against Dusty Rhodes and Ole Anderson. There will be a host of other matches October 11th in Baltimore. nice if we were on the air. <laughs> Nobody heard that intro. It's okay. <laughs> Sorry to those of you listening live. I forgot to hit the, uh, the start button. It's okay. You didn't miss much. You missed the Harley Race promo. <sighs> Tony Storm, Tony Storm, okay, well, well, um, yeah, okay, sure,
también. Ay, Tony Storm. Talk about her in a second. Enjoying it, good. Uh, Tuesday night, June 22nd. 2021 episode 691 of the RAN is officially live across the airwaves of RAN Entertainment Media, RANAMRadio.com. Tune in Radio Stitcher, iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and a plethora of other platforms. Hello, one and all. Today's the first day of summer. Lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. Double A, as always, being joined by the returning Tony C. Hey, yo, can you hear me? <laughs> there we go. Yes, we can hear you. Can you hear me now? Oh, we can hear you perfectly. Okay, okay, okay. Let's see if the audience can hear you. Oh, can you hear me? <laughs> there we go. There we go. We heard you. Yes, sir. So, uh, it's, um, I also, conspicuous again by his absence is the silver one himself. Surfer, how do you do? I hope he is listening. Now, even though he's dealing with a uh, conundrum right now, he can at least listen to the show and give his feedback. That's true. You know, he's critical about everything else in the world. That that is true. That I, is true. I had a wor- I had a few words with him on, uh, I believe it was Friday last. And, uh, yeah, doom and gloom, as we like to say, you know, in these parts. That's his, that's, that's his, that's his, uh, that's his motto these days, doom and gloom. So, I'll be damned. Doom and gloom. <laughs> but the greatest thing that has come out of Surfer recently, and I'm not going to go into details of what's going on. But I will say this, that Surfer had a great line in our private conversation of at least I don't have to deal with any more thoughtless bitch. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, that's classic Silver Surfer. I don't know if he said thoughtless or he said... uh... Oh, uncompassionate. Bitch. <laughs> so, Uncompassionate bitch. So, um, also, I did not know this last week. Lee was, uh, Lee filled in for Tony C last week, and um, somebody did a drive-by in the chat room. <laughs> and, who, and who was that? Um, Mark Henry's son. What? Yeah. Salute to Mark Harrison. I know. So, he, I guess he heard us talking about... Because here's the thing. Now, Tony C., you're not much of a... I don't know. Are you, you're you you're not much of a pie advocate, are you? No, I don't really do pie. I'm a cake man oh, myself. Cake. I thought so. So... Uh, but do you know that they sell individual pie slices in the store freezer, right? 
Yep. Okay. So we were talking at the end of the show last week, and Lee was oblivious to this uh, slices of pie in the freezer at the supermarket uh, deal. So I guess uh, Mark Henry's son was uh, commenting on the fact that uh, he likes chocolate pie. But of course he likes poontang pie. That's what he put in the chat room. Well, of course he did. Pervert. Coming through being inappropriate as usual. At the, at the final moments of the show. But anyways, hello one and all once again. It's another Tuesday night. Lots to talk about. And I want to touch on something that I just saw come across the wire. Double A, do you still have that jo- that drop where Lee says his world famous line? He ain't saying. Uh, hold on. I played I played a Lee drop last week, but I do have Lee's drops, and that is. Uh, I ain't saying shit. Okay. <laughs> I asked for that because I I was you know. Shit, you know, getting my thoughts together, and I had that episode of Freaks on. And man, when that line came, I, I lost it. God damn. I ain't said shit. I ain't saying shit. <laughs> and that was the the funny thing is that's the same episode where Surfer follows up with his world famous line. Yeah, where is it? Oh, I. Uh, well, I don't have that queued up, but I do. I I do have it here somewhere. But uh, <laughs> looking shit. And she played your ass like a fucking Nintendo game. That's what I put laid last week. But here's the Olympic <laughs> shit. That is some Olympic shit level. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh Billy, good times by those guys. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some good times. Well, first of all. It's Pride Month, and Tony Storm just came out as bisexual. Listen, kudos to Tony Storm, but I don't know. I think it's I, I'm I'm getting. I don't care who's gay or bi or. I I don't know. It it, it, it should not be. In my opinion, it should not be newsworthy at this point. I don't care. It's raining, man. In her, in her case, it's raining a little bit of everything. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. So kudos to Tony Storm. But anyway, so I uh, we're talking about uh, good times, as uh, Tony C uh, said, and we're we're not talking about uh, Florida Evans good times, you know. Um, though I could play the theme song for Good Times in the background while I say this, uh, because there was a little bit of breaking news. Yes, not breaking news, I guess. It depends on how you want to, how you want to uh, read it, I guess. Um, let me see here. Good times theme. Here we go. There we go. So, <laughs> so coming up, you know, I was looking at the calendar, right? And uh, make a couple of announcements here, but. Coming up on Saturday, August 21st, yeah, the day of SummerSlam, the rant will congregate and celebrate its 700th episode. 
So we are going to have our oh. 700th episode on Saturday, August 21st. More information on that to come in the coming weeks, but um, but yeah, we are going to uh, we're going to have uh, so we're going to have some fun. So wait a minute, SummerSlam is going to be on a Saturday. It's going to be on a Saturday. Well, wasn't it like that back in the day a couple times? Well, they doing on Saturday. They were doing it on Saturday. That's been on Monday. You know. Been okay, all over I do miss Monday. Wow. So, but yeah. Wait a minute. It is a sleazy credit ripoff. Yeah. Oh man, that's the ending credits. Anyways, so, so yes, episode seven hundred coming on Saturday, August twenty-first, right here. On Ranium Radio. Details forthcoming. Just mark your calendars. We're going to have some fun that day. Um, three weeks from tonight, we will not be on the air. At least not on Tuesday night. We will have a special Thursday night episode on Thursday, July 15th. Because on Tuesday, July 13th, not going to be on the air. Why? I'm not going to sit here and do my do my show, do this show on my birthday. So, yeah. So yeah, we're going to do the show on Thursday night that week. But um, but yeah, that, that's all the network news I needed to talk about. Um, and we'll go over the schedule and stuff of uh, the shows of the week uh, here at the end of the show. But let's go around the room and see what's going on in everybody's personal lives. And we say hello to Tony C. We haven't talked to in... Uh, Last time Tony was on the air was three weeks ago. Tony C was. Yeah. We did not do the show one week, and then last week, Tony C was uh, was eating a steak, but listening to this program and celebrating his wedding anniversary at the same time. That's right. Try to tune in for you know a little bit, but uh, everything's been you know kind of getting back to uh, normal. Um, I got the first shot of this vaccine and my goddamn arm is feeling like somebody gave me one of them frogs, man. <laughs> let me, let me ask you, it so sucks. that's all you feel? Yeah. Just a little they arm pain. They, I mean, I felt a little sluggish in the beginning, like a couple hours afterwards, but, you know, um, like I say, it's just the... The frog in the arm, and they say the second shot is going to be the one that kind of puts you out of commission. It depends. You for know, like a day or so. If you had the virus, the first shot is the worst, for some reason. <laughs> and then, okay. And in my case, it was it was the first shot was the worst. So. That's when you got the you know tiredness, fatigue, and all. Well, I had fatigue with both of them, but the first I had it, it affected me. Worse the first go around. Okay. So, um, so yeah, you you're talking now, but check in with me tomorrow in a text message, and you'll see how you feel. <laughs> so. Well, they say my wife was telling me the the soreness is gonna last about yeah. seventy two hours. Yeah, it's so gonna by last a couple days. Friday, you'll have your pitching arm back. Yeah. Well, I got in the left arm, but. Oh, I messed up because that's the side I sleep on. Oh, boy. 
No, I did it on my right. So it's really gonna be uncomfortable for me. Hmm. I mean, I can sleep on my right side. I'm a side sleeper. But. But do you flip really and flop? What's that double A? Do you flip and flop? I kind of flip and flop, but I normally end up on my left. Okay. That's probably that's why I end up at. I end up on my left too. Usually, very yeah, rarely. That's why I, I end up at. Very rarely do I sleep on my right. So you like me? You're left hand. You if you sleep on your side, you sleep on the left. Well, no, I'm right handed, but I sleep on my left. I'm right handed too. Oh, okay. And no, I, and it's weird. I sleep on the left side of the bed, so I don't face my wife when I sleep. Uh, I don't know what side of the bed do you sleep on? Right side. Uh, so you, you're looking at your wife. Uh, no, because I sleep on my left. I end up so normally. Sleep, wait a minute. If you're sleeping on the uh, I'm not. Okay, wait a minute. If you're sleeping on the right side of the bed, right side of the bed facing out, or right side of the bed facing in facing out so when I'm asleep when I finally fall asleep I'm to the okay I'm on the left I'm on the left in the bed looking out so right okay left okay looking out. so then I do I, so I, when I, I finally yeah. fall asleep I'm on my left looking away from me. okay that's me too I sleep on the left looking right. out so, right see, but she moves throughout the night so mine does too Right. So half the time she'll be looking one way half the time. She when fall, I'm gone, I'm gone. Mine falls asleep looking to the right. But she'll flip and face me, she'll lay on her back and she moves a lot during right. the night. That's what I'm saying. Do you get up in the middle of the night to go pee? Uh yeah. No, not me. I never do. I never do. Ever. Very rarely it'll happen. And I drink if a lot I have of something to drink. No, I drink I a lot drink. of water before going to bed, and it almost never have to get up. Lucky you. My wife, on the other hand, she gets up a couple times a night. Sometimes. Lucky man. I mean, I can I can sleep through. I mean, it's very rare that I'll get up in the middle of the night and say, "Oh shit, gotta go pee, gotta take a leak." Or do you get up for anything? Like, no. can you sleep through anything? Um, no, 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 no that's out. that's no. I I I get up. I'm a heavy sleeper to a degree. Like, if it starts storming or something, I might wake up. Sometimes I feel my wife getting up to go to the bathroom. Uh, the dog sleeps in our room, so sometimes I hear her running around on the floor. Uh, in the middle of the night. Um, but it's very... My wife says, I got up like three times last night and you were sound asleep. I said, really? Three times? I only remember one. So Yeah. That's how my wife is. She can sleep through anything. Robbery, earthquake, storm, don't matter. Well. Argument. I, I don't know about all that. I can, right. I can sleep through an argument. See what I'm saying? <laughs> that part I can sleep through. I've been accused of I've been accused of falling asleep during an argument. So, dang, no, I'm a light sleeper. I, I as soon as I see a light or hear some move, I'm what's going on? 
we we were we were talking last week um, about uh, the Colin show, and we I don't know how it came up, but I've, I had I had revealed on the air that I had gotten in trouble one one time for uh, for uh, ending my evening early because I wasn't feeling well with my wife who I was dating at the time, and on my way home I called into the Colin show, and she just happened to check in to see if I was there. And that's where she found me. Won't do that. What was that? I said, of course she was going to be listening. Make sure you weren't pump faking. Well, I got caught. It was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. I don't remember what brought that on, but we talked a whole bunch of random shit last week. Half of it I don't remember, but I know that uh, Lee was Lee was uh, really laying into me for a lot of things. AEW, uh, my bias, he claims I have a bias, you know, so on and so on and so on, so. Not a bias. Yeah, I have a bias, apparently. Mm-mm-mm, double A got a bias. According to him. A wrestling. A wrestling bias. So, whatever. Um, let me see here. Uh, but yeah, so you celebrated your anniversary last week. You had some steak. What, 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 how do you like your steak? I, I asked you that on the air, and apparently you already... Huh? A little medium rare. Medium rare? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, a little medium brown. Oh, I like it extra well. Well, you like it cooked all the way through, huh? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> say, bring me a done piece of meat. Bring me, might as well just put down a piece of leather on the on the table. You know, I, I that's yeah. All right. Um, normally, under these circumstances, we would ask what's been going on with Surfer, but you know, we know, but we can't tell you, the audience. But we know what's going on with Surfer. So all I can tell you, all I can tell you, is he's a free man. That's all I can say. Anyways, uh, let me go to the horn. By the way, if you want to call into the show, Randy M Radio, hashtag 9233 on Discord. Like you can each and every week. Let me see here. We've got people that are impatient and want to call in. Um, let's see. Call in about what? I don't know. We're about to find out. Well, ain't nothing going on except for got goddamn Bobby Lashley doing what he do and booming. I mean, the great, you know, he or Roman Reigns doing what he do. You ain't call it talk about that. <laughs> Let's go to the horn and and say hello to Doctor Doom. I can't hear him. I can't hear him either. 
Yeah, jiggle this cord. Jiggle the cord. Do what you gotta do. This is a live program, sir. Absolutely. I'll be down. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. All right. Well, I guess when you're ready, call back in. Um. So. Anything on your mind, though, Tony C., other than uh, your anniversary? I mean, how was your anniversary? Um, it, it went off pretty good. You know, I was on uh, my goddaughter's birthday Friday. We did a little something for her. Okay. Um, everything went off pretty good. Five out of, what, six days last week was spent, you know, on the road. I did a little uh, tour. So other than that. You know, just taking it easy. Thinking about easing my way over to White Castle. Seeing what they got going on. Seeing if that line didn't die down any. But, uh. Yeah, you ought to. Other do, than that. You ought to come back and then do a, um, a special report if you do that because. Yeah. I'm going to test the waters and see how it look one day over there. I mean, I, I doubt. I, I, it's impossible that those lines can still be that long. Right. That's what I'm hoping. It's a goddamn burger. Well, I got, right. And I got a friend of mine that's uh, coming to town next month for his uh, birthday, his son's basketball tournament. So I might just hold off and wait. So when it was... Okay. Um, all right. So that's good. Um, what else? Oh, by the way, today... Very important day in uh, in American history. Do you know what today is? Uh, is twenty second. Twenty second. Yeah. Very important day yeah. in American history. What happened? On this date, okay, in nineteen hundred and ninety four, or not nineteen hundred ninety four, nineteen hundred and eighty four. Okay. A very pivotal, iconic thing happened that is a part of this program to this very day. What do you think it is, Tony C? You said you said it's something pertaining to this. To this, it, it's not to that it, 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 it's a big part of this show. Uh, your time slot changes. No, it 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 happened in 1984, Tony. See, so it's not necessarily oh, 1984. Yeah, I, it, it it affects this show though in a big way. June 1994. Let's see, who was the world wrestling? Let's see, June 4. Uh, my knowledge. Wasn't Bret Hart World Wrestling Federation champion not at a, this time? Not in 84. You're thinking 94. It's 84. Oh, 84. Okay, Hogan wasn't uh champion. Um... 
Um, he was, but go ahead, continue. You're, you're, you're Flair, still, Flair was, I believe, champion 84. You're still very, Hello, you're, no. you're, you're, you're very cold, though, in the direction you're going. Well, well God damn it, stalled me out. Tell me what's going on. On this date in 1984, the world witnessed that epic battle of two fighters vying for the ultimate prize. And it is something that affects this program to this very day. That's right, it was on this date, 1984, that the Karate Kid was released in theaters. I'll be dead. 37 years ago. And um, that's why there was a Karate Kid marathon over the weekend, for those of you that were paying attention to your TV listings. Um, but yeah, 37 years. Yeah, well, we're about, what, four months away from season four? Probably about four months. Uh-huh. Breaking my chops. Me too. Can't wait. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Another thing that I'm lo- I w- hope that they do, I haven't seen anything, though, is a second season of, of the Saved by the Bell reboot. I want to see it because I just want to see how they will continue. Um, I don't have any. I don't have any way that they can't continue, but I, I just want to see it. You know, right? Give it, give it a chance. Exactly. Give these shows a chance. Well, apparently, we do have a reboot. Uh, hold on, a release that's so wow! I can't believe it. Uh, apparently, we missed this news when it came out. Uh. Uh, we are getting a season two, but it's going to be until late 2021 or early 2022. It is, man. So. Oh, wait a minute. Saved by the Bell reboot to have a special Dustin Diamond uh, tribute. Uh, how did I miss all this uh, all this news about this? It's flying under the radar. Uh, yeah, season two will pay tribute to him. We're playing some spare. We haven't gotten to that yet. Uh, filming would begin in June, so they're I guess they're just now starting the filming of season two. All right, so I guess we're getting a season two of Saved by the Bell. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Um, I 
guess that's it. I, I mean, that's all the only thing that I've been curious of. Of course, I've been watching Rocky. You know, I saw a movie, though, this past week. I hadn't seen before. And I wanted to see it when the movie came out, but I didn't see it at the time. Have you ever seen the movie Grudge Match? What movie? Grudge Match. Have you ever seen that movie? Grudge Match? With Robert De Niro and Sylvester Stallone? Can you hear me, Tony? I think we may have lost Tony. Oh, with that, we say hello to Dr. Doom. What's going on? What's going on? How you been? It's been a while. Oh, yeah, I've been hiding, you know. I know you've been hiding. Lurking in the shadows. Okay. You know, uh, being wild, you know, getting earrings and just living wild since I'm single now, so, you know. So you you become single, you decided, I'm going to live the life I didn't have while I was married. Yep. Oh, okay. All right. I see. So you're getting you're getting things pierced that probably you never thought you were getting pierced, and, and no, nah, I just got the ears again. Oh, just, just the nah, ears. I'm not, again. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not getting too wild. Okay. You there, Tony? I hear you now. Oh, okay. See, I forgot what. I, oh, okay. So back to what I was asking, Tony. Did you ever see the movie Grudge Match? I heard of it. Okay, it is, it's with uh, Robert De Niro, Sylvester Stallone, and Kevin Hart. And it's about two washed up boxers. Yeah. That have been feuding for... I started watching it one time. It is, it is pretty damn funny. I suggest you go watch it, it's on Hulu. Uh, But it's very Rocky-esque. It takes place in Pittsburgh... And, uh, and yeah, it's just very funny. So I, I would definitely go, go and uh, watch it. But speaking of movies, this coming Friday, and of course the movie expert is not here today to talk about this, but he he watched an illegal stream a couple weeks ago. F nine releases this coming Friday in theaters across North America. Anybody here in the call have their ticket for F9? Nah, I didn't know it was coming out. No. I wouldn't even grab... I'm not privy to go see it right now. So, Well, my wife had bought tickets for Valentine's Day last year as a Valentine's Day gift for the original release date of F9... And when the tickets were refunded due to the pandemic, she had been waiting for the release date of this this year's uh, you know release of it. And uh, I will be going to see it this coming Thursday night at ten o'clock at my local movie theater. And the beauty of it is there'll be nobody sitting around me because all the seats are tapered off. I mean, there'll be nobody in front of me, nobody behind me, nobody to the side of me, nobody on the on either side. It's just beautiful how how, it's, how it all worked out. 
I'm wait till it come on Peacock. They they don't have it on uh, streaming. Nope, theaters only. Oh. It'll be on Peacock in a minute. I don't know if it'll be. A mi- it's not gonna be that quick, Tony. I don't think so. No, 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 no. I don't saying it's gonna be quick. It'll give about three, four months. If it don't do good numbers in the theaters, they're gonna drop it on. The, it already is the oh. it's the highest grossing movie since the pandemic. So. You know, it did over $100 million internationally already. Well, you know, the end. people don't give a damn. Showing it at AMC theaters or is it Regal? I'm trying to remember. I think they're showing it at whatever theaters are open. I'm going to an AMC theater, so. Okay, because I remember they had an issue with it or something. Like, uh, with Peacock or whatever. I don't with know. the Peacock. I have no idea. That was last year. All I know is that this year, I just want to go and do something normal, and that's what it's going to be. Even though that I was a little rebellious over the weekend, and I went to Costco without a mask. I've been doing that for the last two weeks here. But that's the only thing I've done without a mask so far. So, what was that, Tony? I say I ain't playing with it because I don't mean one not to get yet, sick, even not though I got yet. the vaccine. You, know? you don't have, Fuck but you that. don't have both vaccines yet. That's the thing. No, I'm just saying, even when I get them, still, I still don't want to get sick. Yeah, no, That's I, my whole thing. I um, the vaccine just, you know, what I'm saying, prevent you from dying. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. supposedly. I don't know. I've don't got prevent you from getting sick. I've between the infusion and the vaccine and everything. And having the virus, I think I've got, no. I've got a, probably a lot of antibodies in my system at this point. Oh, but yeah. Well, anyways. So, what do we feel like talking about today? I, I had a bone to pick, because I, I haven't hit in a while, but uh, has anybody watched the A&E docuseries, uh, The Dark Side of the Ring? I've Which one? I had an issue with the Jake the Snake one. Why? And ultimate, not me, the Ultimate Warrior with Jake the Snake that he was going to punch Ultimate Warrior behind the thing. Why? Uh, Why'd you have an issue he, with that? Because he lied. Somebody posted a picture either after or before the Hall of Fame ceremony. Mm-hmm. You remember they do the rehearsal? And it's a picture of them like posing together. So when he said that he was waiting at the um, he was but <laughs> you're, 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 you're reading too the, you're reading too far into it. I know what you're talking about, but you're reading too far into it. Okay, or is that just dramatization for the TV? Because I dramatization like, for TV. But okay. he what he he did despise the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, I knew that, and then I was saying about the bury the hatchet. It was like, was he really going to punch his teeth out right before the thing? Because if well, he not right before, but when he was, when he met him backstage, yeah, you gotta remember that when you when we tell stories or when wrestlers tell stories, they're not very uh, diligent. Unlike you know Jim Cornette or or Jim yeah. Ross or, or whatever, but some of the others, they're you know, they're not too diligent. Now, I got, I, now here's a here's a show that I don't know if you guys watched on Sunday, but I watched it and it was damn entertaining. Okay, 
I watched the season finale of Lost Treasures on A&E. WWE Lost Treasures. No. It was the uh, Lost Treasures looking for Ric Flair's robes. (laughs) So, they were looking for three robes in particular. They were looking for the Starcade 83 robe. They were looking for the black butterfly robe, which that's the most infamous robe. That's the robe he uh, he wore when he won the uh, 1992 Royal Rumble. And then there was the halfway down the aisle. Yeah, and then there's the jungle robe, which is the green yep. one with the uh, with the ruffles around it when he debuted the big gold belt in 1986. But All let's right. let's talk about the let's talk about the black butterfly robe though. And the story around it. So, Flair got this robe in 1991, okay? Made his debut on WWF television with it. Wore it and then wore it at the Rumble. And then when he left the WWF, went to WCW and whatever. His last appearance wearing that robe was on a Nitro in September of 1995 in Johnson City, Tennessee. Flair claims... Somebody stole the robe because he never saw the robe again after that nitro. And that robe, Conrad Thompson apparently has been looking for that robe for 10 years. And WWE was able to track down the the whereabouts of the robe. Somebody in uh, Nashville had it. And they were going to sell the robe for $10,000 on... No... The, they sold it on eBay for $10,000. So they contacted the buyer of the robe. And they went through, a, through an intermediary to get uh, to try to get this robe back. And they were willing to do whatever it takes. So they got Ric Flair involved. They got Conrad involved. Um, they got the WWE people involved and whatever. And so what it came down to, listen to this. This guy hustled WWE for this robe, if you want to believe if this is true or not. And I kind of believe it was, because they were kind of desperate for this robe. The robe, in exchange for a pair of Ric Flair boots that Conrad had, it was the boots that uh, Flair won the WCW title in in, uh, from... um, from either Macho Man or Hogan or something like that in WCW. The green robe that he debuted, that he was wearing when he debuted the big gold belt, and $60,000 cash. All of that totaled $115,000 worth of, uh, worth of uh, material. And WWE caved and said, okay, fine, we want this robe. Because that was the robe that they wanted. They had other robes in there, but they wanted the the black butterfly robe because that to them was more important. And um, it was it was very good. They Ric Flair went on the hunt for the robe on his own. He met up with uh, Darius Rucker, which apparently he's good friends with Darius Rucker of Hootie and the Blowfish. And, and, and Darius has possession of a Ric Flair robe that Flair put up for auction in 1999 for charity. 
but it wasn't the robe that uh, that Flair was looking for. Then he went to go visit our good friend Charlie Brown himself, David Crockett. And uh, he asked David, where the hell is the robe? And he said, I don't know where the robe is. And they went back to all the people that they had spoke to over the course of the season. Because I guess when they were searching for all the other things, one of the things that they questions that they asked, do you know where this robe is? So they went, they went to Teddy Long. They went to uh, all did these other... Did he have a coat? What was that? Did Teddy Long have a dark coat for Ric Flair? No, he did not. But it was... It was really, really, it was entertaining. And then you see Ric Flair um, uh, every time they found a robe, Ric Flair would put on the robe and, you know, bust out the old, you know, woo, the nature boy, you know, just like the old times. And um, it was really good. It was really entertaining. It really was. But then, this, there was a very sentimental scene. Okay? Boy. They were looking for, while they were looking for this robe, the, the, uh, the thing was that this guy goes, I want that green robe. And Conrad was like, well, I know who has the green robe. So you have to go and visit him and try to get it from him. The person that had that green robe from 1986 was Charles Robinson. Little Nate. Little Nate. So they go to Charles Robinson's house in Charlotte. And they ask Charles for the robe. And they said, we'll pay you $50,000 for the robe. Good. And Charles is like, I can't. I just can't. This means too much. And Charles started crying. And... It just means too much yeah, to me. They own me a hundred. No. Like and then Ric Flair had to leave because he couldn't take the fact that Charles was crying. And then they said, listen, Charles, give us the robe and we'll give you another robe in exchange. They gave, in exchange for the green robe, they gave Charles the robe that was in that was already in possession of WWE and that was, um, I don't know if you guys remember the gold robe with the uh, poofy arms and the cuffs that he wore I believe he won a title in it I'm not I'm not sure which one he was that won- the one with him and Mr. Per- no 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 um it was it's so good it really is it was it was a great episode and let me see here let me see I, I would have had a suggestion for them because I have to watch that one I wish they would have tracked down whoever had his shoes when he gave that promo on Nitro talking about, you know, if you cut off the lights, I'm naked. Oh, the Gucci yeah. shoes? He rifled the Gucci nope. shoe? Yeah, I doubt, so, I doubt somebody, okay. I doubt they're going to find that. The last but. time he wore it was Johnson City, Tennessee, if I'm not. Here's a clip from, uh, from uh, the episode. The last time he wore it was Johnson City, Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. Sometime in 95, he wore it on a Nitro. Nobody saw it again. I can't find them. Right here in Johnson City, Tennessee, I'm going to find you and I'm going to kick your ass. It would have surfaced by now if it was out there. It's gone. 
The butterfly robe is the holy grail amongst Ric Flair collectors. That robe is synonymous with so many major moments in his career. I mean, when you have that one, you don't need another one. That's sort of your Lamborghini or your Rolls Royce of Ric Flair robes. I mean, I talk about it on my podcast at least once a month, just trying to find anybody who has a lead on it. Hey, so uh, I think that's your best robe ever. Where'd that robe wind up? No idea. Johnson City somewhere. That's where I lost it. I went to grab it to get on a plane in the morning that wasn't there. Wow. I would be willing to trade almost any of my collection for the butterfly robe. There's a lot of things that we're looking for of his, the biggest of which is the butterfly robe. 25 years, long time loose. <laughs> but it's an amazing part of Ric Flair's legacy and the history of our business. So I think finding that, I think it's important for people. Would you happen to have a lead on this butterfly robe? I, I mean, I don't actually know who has it. No, not not in Atlanta, man. Golly, that's that's really a classic, too, yeah. is, is what you're looking for. Looking for the butterfly robe is going to be a very difficult search because there's such a lack of information. I do not know where the robe is, and even if I did, I don't know if I'd tell you because I'd want it. There's no way that this robe just disappeared into the night. There's no way that this robe walked off the earth by itself. It's still somewhere, and someone knows where it is. And that's just a little tidbit uh, from the episode. And they were talking about how, you know, Rick was notorious for losing shit left, right, and sideways. It was not uncommon to flare to lose a Rolex, lose a wallet, this and that, and other things. And, um, yeah. Yeah. It's really, like, I mean... You need to go back and take a look at this if you haven't seen it yet. I think, for the most part, Annie did an okay job with some... I think the Lost Treasure shows were better than the biographies. But, um... They need to go find the Lex Express, though. I'm going to tell you... I'll tell you another show that I watched. I don't know if you guys watched. Did you watch the Broken Skull Sessions of Mick Foley? No. No, I didn't get a chance to watch it yet. Hilarious. Hilarious. Then he got some good stories, like when Triple H had him. They had. (laughs) No. They had a good story about Diamond Dallas Page. And and four dozen. Diamond Dallas Page and four dozen cookies. Oh, this had to be in the, like, mid-90s. Yeah, they talk. oh, my God, it was so funny how they were, uh, they said said it was the weekend of the Great American Bash 1991, and that they were on the road with DDP. And I can't tell the story as well as they did, but I'm going to tell you the one part that tickled me the most. Because they they had decided that during this road trip, they were gonna. They were gonna get Paige to a point where he was just gonna break. We're talking Austin and Foley, okay? And they said the first thing we started doing was with the with the one liners that came out of nowhere. That when we were driving to the car, and you you asked me that you you told me that that your wife had asked you to pick up an antique, so you told her you went to the airport and picked up Paige. 
<laughs> stuff like that. Because DDP was the uh, was the uh, oldest of the three by a lot too, and um, and then they talked about. Hold on, I'm going to see if I can cue this up because it is it's worth playing. It really is worth playing. Um, let me see here. Rigo or whoever, but yeah. our Dallas days, you and me. Oh, uh, th- uh, by the way, Mick Foley also has a, still to this day, takes a little umbrage with Stone Cold and uh, Stephen Regal in WCW when they were on the beach in Fort Lauderdale at the Gay Beach. And Austin and Regal realized that they were at the gay beach and they left Mick Foley alone floating in the water and didn't say anything. They <laughs> <laughs> would look at each other because Dallas was a senior, but as far as being time in the business, yeah. he was the youngest. Yeah. So that means he got, you know, the, the rollaway bed because we were senior. So one time we were out on the road and we said, hey, <laughs> we always dick. See who can crack page the fastest. Hey, let's see who can crack page first. <laughs> and so, anyway, you want to tell a story? Sure, man. Uh, I love telling it. Because someone brought you some chocolate chip cookies. It's like three to four dozen cookies, right? And, you know, it was really nice. North Carolina, DDP, he would travel with his own pillows. You know, he had all many uh, the ointments. and on this ice case, bags. Yeah, he's got, the only thing he's wearing is saran wrap around his knees which he claims helps lubricate the joints. And so we've already made this pact that we're going to try to crack Paige. And I, I liken it to being like a prize fight, you know, a couple nice jabs. You get in the car, we're about 20 minutes in. You're like, my old lady wanted me to pick up an antique on the road. So what'd you tell you? I told her I picked up Paige at the airport. It's like, zing, you know, it's a good one. And by midday, he's starting to go. And the secret weapon is, uh, Steve, I'd gotten my foot back in the WCW door by showing up at the Great American Bash in Baltimore. And I'm there, and I see Paige as the manager, Diamond Stud. He's, uh, he's got Scott Hall as his protege. And Tom Zank goes to clothesline Dallas over the top rope. And Dallas doesn't complete the journey. Nothing wrong with that. It happens to all of us. But we know the cardinal rule. But you don't then try to do it over on your own. Yeah. So he takes the clothesline. He, he's not successful comes back, and then he tries to throw himself over the top rope, a journey which, again, is not successful. So he starts cussing me out, you know. He said, I'm going to take and we're in the, the Econolodge, but we're on the second level. And he's, I'm going to throw you over that blanket balcony. And you look at me like he's really hot, and uh, I go, that's a good idea, Paige. And if I don't make it the first time with you throwing me, <laughs> I'll throw myself over the second time. And so he's reeling. He just needs that one more shot. Yeah. And when he goes oh. into the shower, right? I love your memory because it's, it's not it. And he, so he's, yeah. so keep in mind, the two factors at work here. Is but that was got, a serious he, threat. He, serious threat. He was 100% yeah. serious. And probably if I didn't have you there, but I know he's a good guy, yeah, right? Yeah. He's not actually going to beat me yeah. up, right? Like he saves lives with his DDP yoga, right? He's a great guy, but he would get hot under the collar. And you and I would be egging him on. So Dallas has just, he, we know two things. He's going to come out, he's going to be completely naked, except for the saran wrap, which he <laughs> lubricates the joints with. And he would also thumbtack the blinds to the wall. <laughs> I forgot. So, he, so not even the faintest peep <laughs> of light could come in. So Dallas goes into the bathroom. You and I know that when he comes out of the shower, he's going to be complete and total darkness. And we take those three or four dozen cookies and we put them in his bed, right in the corner, the cot in the corner of the room. 
And you and I are laying in bed in the total darkness, and we <laughs> we hear him crinkling as he goes, <laughs> you know, with that saran wrap. And he lays down. It took about 15 seconds to realize, like, oh, I'm not alone in here. And he just explodes. He, he figures out, well, but blank and cookies on my back, my blank. And I want to know who put... And then he hears you and I go... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on here, but somebody put chocolate chip cookies in my bag. <laughs> and he hears, and laughing and he hears, he hears me doing the. <laughs> and he comes over now. He scoops. I can't see him, but I know what he's doing. I've told the story. Yeah. You can watch. You can go ahead and tell me what happened. He's scooping up as many of the cookies as he can. He throws him on my body, and he starts jumping up and down on me. Keep it in mind, he's buck naked except for the saran wrap. And he's going there, and he's throwing those F-bombs out. Like, every, are you blanking, blanking, when someone's blanking, because you're blanking. And he actually gives me a chance to answer. And again, just real calm, I go, Dallas, uh, it's not the cookies I mind, as much as it is your naked ass rubbing all over me. And he just got up. He was, like, just so defeated. <laughs> and he, we could just walks over to the corner of the room and like crink he laid down after about 30 seconds he goes like guys tomorrow night I'm getting my own room <laughs> <laughs> and then the darkness we hear bang <laughs> uh, there you go oh man so definitely check it out <laughs> oh man it was two hours of them laughing that stupidity in wrestling that they've that they've both have encountered. I mean, they talked about the obvious things, but it was they a lot. About why it was a lot of funny shit. Drop the belt, the Foley instead of Triple H. I don't know if they talked about that. That's the conversation they got again. They talked about. Um, they talked about uh, all of his championship runs. They talked about. Um, <laughs> They talked about when he debuted as Dude Love, and he had to win the tag team titles with Austin. Right. They talked about that. They talked about. Um, they talked about Hell in a Cell. Um, you see that clip of Vince dancing? No, you don't actually. Oh, that made Austin laugh. Made made. <laughs> God dang it. See, they don't, they don't but you know what Stone Cold but here's the thing I think Stone Cold controls pretty much what goes on on that show in terms of you know so I don't think WWE is doing as much input because they talked about everything they talked about his TNA run and um, and stuff so it was good it was pretty entertaining it really was was he in that match with um was it Halloween Havoc when they put a uh, do a little butcher in the... Yeah, he was in that match. No, they didn't talk about that they one. They didn't talk about that one, no. But now, there was a lot of wrestling documentaries out this week, okay? There was that. There was the Ric Flair thing. Then, Vice did a two-hour China documentary. It was not a Dark Side of the Ring. It was just a, a documentary on China. My God. It was... It probably... It was one of the saddest documentaries I've ever seen 
wrestling-wise in my life. And, and if you want to talk about them throwing shade at Triple H, whoo! My God, did they throw tr- uh, shade at Hunter in this documentary. Big time. Big time. And in the documentary, by the way, is Billy Gunn, X-Pac, Mick Foley, <coughs> and a few others. They didn't throw no shade at X-Pac, <clears throat> you know. No. Well, he's in the documentary. Oh. <clears throat> and uh, they really, really blame Triple H for her downfall. For her downfall in wrestling and her downfall in life. They blame it on Triple H. Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, of course. I mean, for God's sakes, I think the first couple of minutes of the thing is like a, like a, like a, you know, like a teaser. And right away, one of the people that China broke into the business with says, shame on you, Triple H. Shame on you. You know, like saying like that. And this documentary was about a movie that they were making up until the day she died with footage up from the day she died. To reconnect me, so, me. it was, um, they actually showed the footage of her manager going into the apartment when he discovered her dead. I mean, they didn't show her dead, but, you know, they showed the video of him going into the apartment. Um, real, real sad, sad, dark documentary. I mean, I thought the Jake Roberts one from the uh, from a couple weeks ago on Dark Side of the Ring was pretty bad. This one was, this one tops it, without a doubt. I mean, really does top it. Oh, I believe it. And um, where, I want to see if I have this clip here of this woman saying, "Shame on you, Triple H." Her was really no difference. She just hit a lot harder than guys. And look at China now with a forearm to Mr. She was the main thing. She was the stone cold. It was China. Like that was a thing. The ninth Everyone knew who she was. My athletic ability and love of entertainment, I put the two together and China became a household name. Very much see myself as the Wonder Woman 2000, as a woman who takes control, is an equal athlete to the men that she fights. You kind of make it to the top of Everest. Air's too thin, you can't live there, so you gotta go down. Johnny was all about trusting people, being loyal. Shame on Triple H. He broke her heart. There's no other way to say that. It's something that the company's actually very good at doing, and they did it with, with Joni, which is that once she was let go, it's like she was completely erased. This is just a f***ed up business. Nobody wanted her. Everybody had had enough of her. She needed help. I have no family. I have no friends. I could tell that we were in.
in for a wild ride that summer. Why didn't somebody do something earlier? Who the f are you talking to? I'm China, bitch. I'm sorry with the I'm China, bitch. That's how it starts. Wow. Wow. So uh, definitely go check it out if you haven't seen it. Um, that's on Vice. Um, I'm sure it's on demand. But, right. But my so God. my question, Double A, was because um, I watched it. Was it showing that Triple H was buying to get with Stephanie, or was it the other way around? That Triple H was vying to get with Stephanie. Yeah, so it was Triple H trying to move up the corporate ladder? Um, they didn't necessarily say it like that. But what they said was that... Um, I guess the storyline with Triple H had started, right? With mm. Stephanie and Triple H. And that was still when China was still with him and DX was still you know, very much uh, alive and well. And I guess the straw that broke the camel's back, I mean, China claims in the documentary that she confronted Triple H and said, hey, are we okay? Is there something you need to tell me? Is, you know, are you seeing somebody else? Whatever, whatever, whatever. And Triple H denied it, and apparently, short time later, um, she found a love letter that Stephanie wrote to Triple H from a year earlier. Mm. And, from 1998? Um, well, they were not date sp- specific. So this could have been 2000 going back to 99. So was this around the time they did the angle? This is because well, you got to remember. Was with her until the, by the end of 99? The angle with with Stephanie started in 99. And right. the DX thing lasted through, what, mid-2000? Yeah. So, yeah. you know. But China wasn't with DX in 2000. See, that's the thing. That's the thing where it was kind of... It, it was kind of... Um, it wasn't too too clear because it was China telling the story on I don't know if it was Larry King or if it was uh, the Vince Russo podcast or something, but she basically said that she had found a uh, a letter from Stephanie. It had to be in two thousand. Let me see. Let me see if I can cue that up because it was it was from China's words herself. She was telling the story. Okay, because you got to think. Triple H lost the title in November. In no, November, I in think. In November of 99, right? Right. From November, from you got Survivor Series, then you got Arn- He won the title in January because I was there. Right, right. But Armageddon happened in December. He broke our heart. Right. There's no other way. I mean, let me see. Okay. Something that the company- Hold on. Go ahead. Go ahead. The Roy. Stephanie and Tess thing happened on the road to Armageddon. So that had to be around the beginning of December in a note. And, and yes, you remember they were married by the time Armageddon. Had- right. And, and yes, Tony C, they did go over the, uh, China Masahiro Chono match with uh, inter- interviews damn. from, uh, from Masahiro Chono. Not sure. 
Not your hero. What Bischoff say? He's Masa, my hero. <laughs> Chono. Chono. <laughs> uh, let's see here. But yeah, that note had to be from 99, and she found it in 2000. So let's see if I can... If this is... Champion, and who was I going to fight? But is it possible that the public does not want to see... Because 98, Stephanie and Triple H had no involvement. Here we go. Here. His career was moving up. And therefore, this is having a lot of, you know, meetings with Vince and let me, let me rewind it a second here. This is when she appeared on the Vince Russo show that they show in the documentary. To somebody that just, I would, in a sense, completely goes dark. Johnny was all about trusting people, being loyal. In pro wrestling, you don't have that. Shame on Triple H. He broke her heart. There's no other way to say that. He broke Joni's heart. We had a huge house in New Hampshire. His career was moving up, and therefore he was having a lot of, you know, meetings with Vince and Stephanie and, not like, the crew there. Uh, you know, I should not be, like, the jealous, like, wifey and get on his case about being too friendly with the boss's daughter or with the boss. Just let him do his thing. I was so proud of him. By the time, you know, Triple H and I started our on-screen storyline, we just sort of had great chemistry, and it just went from there. Hunter, I take thee as my husband. Our storyline was, you know, that we were married, and we took over the business and drove my dad out. One time when uh, when I was standing around the ring, he sort of crawled around me. He was, you know, on the floor and he felt my leg. And I was like, that's definitely flirtation there. That's not part of the script. I would ask Hunter time and time again. I figured it's better just to address the problem and ask him honestly. So we got into a heated argument. I told him I know something's going on. Don't tell me something's not going on. He swiped my hand. Uh, I swiped his hand. I knew at that point I had to leave, but I needed some sort of closure. And I found a love letter from Stephanie that had dated a year back. So the whole time they were doing the storyline, basically they were together. When I found out, I was devastated. It hurt me, I'm a human being, and nobody, whether you're a celebrity or whether you're not, likes to be cheated on, especially when it's with the boss's daughter. It's Vince's daughter. Sure. As long as you keep her happy. It's a hell of a cash upgrade. And also, she's very feminine. Right. right. She, you would call her a feminine woman. Right. She's certainly not like Joni. I think when she met him, she found somebody that she really loved. And I think she was devastated when that relationship ended. Love, you can't stop love. But I was like, how then do I deal with the emotional side of this happening and keeping my job and, like, moving forward? Tell me whether your relationship with Triple H and now his relationship with Stephanie sped up your departure from the WWF. Well, officially, you, you know, I could say no, but um, I don't think I'll ever know the answer to that. In the back of my mind, I'd like to say, of course. Well, we decided not to renew her contract. Her deal to me was China is as valuable to WWE as Stone Cold Steve Austin is. Because I did feel that I was top talent there. And I was included 
in every other aspect as far as top talent was concerned, except for financially. She wanted to be cut loose, or she wouldn't have demanded a million dollars a year. When the WWE decides to part ways with somebody, there's always the excuse. Oh, they got too big for their ego. They, they got hard to deal with. They wanted more money. Out of the thousands and thousands of people I worked with, she'd be the last one to have an ego when she had every right to have an ego. I was sitting in a Jerry's Deli eating lunch and a fax mysteriously went to Jerry's Deli and it was from the WWE and they said they wouldn't be needing me anymore. It's something that the company is actually very good at doing and they did it with Joni, which is that once she was let go, it's like she was completely erased. And with that, it goes to commercial. <clears throat> yeah, see, that's from 99. So, I mean, I, like I said, they, they go... They 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 went. This documentary. This documentary that, uh, was very, very, very detailed. It was one of the more detailed documentaries, wrestling wise, that I had seen in quite some time. I got a question. I mean, oh, you, you go ahead, Tony. See, no, I'm just gonna go say, man. I mean, if anyone being honest, I mean, neither one of them like eight, nine, down. Yeah. You know, Stephanie was an upgrade from from her. So yeah, but 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 but, but the thing, but you know, they they tore Triple H a new asshole in this documentary, though, because then you go, I don't know if you remember when Stone Cold used to have the um, his podcast on the network. Yeah, and right. one of the one of the early episodes was he interviewed Triple H, mm-hmm. and that show was done live usually after a Raw or after a pay-per-view. And one of the questions that Stone Cold asked Triple H was, flat out, he asked him, when is China going to be in the WWE Hall of Fame? And he gave some half-assed answer, and apparently it really did not sit well with China, with what he said, and... um, and whatever, because apparently the reason why that they were doing this movie um, was because they wanted to get China inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. And um, Look, her family cannot be that naive. Well, no. Here's 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 the thing, uh, Tony. Here's what happened. They go into this because there's a lot we don't. We, I did not know a lot of this stuff until they said it in the documentary. China didn't have contact with her mom for 30 years. Okay. The only contact she had was with her dad, who was an alcoholic, and who stabbed his stabbed her mother. Okay. Uh, so there was d- dysfunction there. The closest relation that she had was her sister. Okay. And she, her family was her manager, who pretty much was making her do things against her will. Yeah, I heard he was a scumbag. He was a scumbag. And you're the gonna, question you're I had gonna was, see it in this documentary. They, Go ahead. Did they explain how did she jump into porn? Yes. Or was it 
They do. They go over the porn career. Was it because she was on the show with Ron Jeremy and he was like, hey, try this out or something? I don't remember if they talked about it that way, but I, they did go over the porn career. They talked about how she, it it was. They went, they went every, through everything step by step. They went through her wrestling journey, how she got into the WWE, what she had to do in the WWE to make herself look more feminine. They talked about the, the ladder she had to go through in the WWE. Then... When, you know, obviously what you just heard with her getting released and everything and the saga with Triple H and all that nonsense. They talked about her trip to Japan, which Tony's he had asked me a couple of weeks ago if they were going to talk about the infamous match that he had with um, Masahiro Chono that main evented a Tokyo Dome show with 80,000 people there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they interviewed Antonio Noki, Masahiro Chono, and somebody else. They interviewed, um, um, then they talk about her time on The Surreal Life and, w- and when she started to date X-Pac. Mm-hmm. And they talked about the sex tape that they had and that they were selling. And that's what I think what led into the porn career. And then the porn career, you know, floundered. And that's how she ended up in Japan because in Japan she just wanted to detach herself from the world that she knew and be just a regular person. And so she became an English teacher in Japan. But the only reason why they started doing this movie was because her work visa in Japan had expired and she needed to return to the United States. So they used that opportunity of her returning to the United States after being in exile in Japan for four years to do this documentary to try to get her inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame and apparently the process blew up in their face. But this is the thing that I don't understand. They want of an ex-girl approval to be in something. Bro, that's never going to happen. Man. I mean. Maybe. She got in with DX, right? She did not get in with DX. That's what I'm saying. Damn. Women are very petty and vindictive people. Oh, yeah. Stephanie is not going to put her. That's that. Thing he's. Even in death. That's what... If Stephanie McMahon can say to her dad, China, and they'll do it. So I'm going to... I, I want to rewind what I'm going to tell you. Let me rewind here. Hold on. Because I have the clip here of when... Um, when China was... This was all on the same episode of the Vince Russo podcast that they show in the documentary. Now, there's, there's, I don't, it's not, this is not me advocating Vince Russo now, but they finally showed some decent stuff in regards to Vince Russo. Okay? So here we go. Here it is. Even though she was over there not really in the business anymore, the gossip and the rumors still circulated about her following this monday's raw 
there was an interview on the WWE Network where uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin interviewed Triple H. Uh, I brought up China. Yeah. Uh, man, she had a hell of a run here. Absolutely. Will she ever go into the Hall of Fame? From a career standpoint, should she be in the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. Bit difficult, though, and this is the flip side of the coin that nobody looks at. I got a eight-year-old kid, and my eight-year-old kid sees the Hall of Fame, and my eight-year-old kid goes on the Internet to look at oh, China. I, I never heard of her. I'm eight years old. I've never heard of that. So I go type that in, and I punch it up, and what comes up? And I'm not criticizing any, anybody. I'm not criticizing lifestyle choices. Everybody has He's referring to China's adult career. Do we really want to go down the list of felons who are in the WWE Hall of Fame? People that have been accused of murder. Does he have any idea where she was at that point in her life when she had to make that decision? And, and not only to hire me, and they hear Hunter saying, Google her, she can't because of this. That affects my career today. So it still goes on, and I have a problem with that. That's why I'm in Japan working as an English teacher. She wanted to make it known that she earned to be in that Hall of Fame. You're still, you're still putting the sword in my back. There you're sitting, married to Stephanie McMahon, in, in the McMahon empire, set for life. How dare you? There was a lot of things that she... There you go. I gotta wait. They're gonna probably do it, and it's gonna be messed up. They're going to do it like how they put Luna Vachon in the Hall of Fame. It's just going to be a couple years from now or a long time, like five or six years. And then, you know, when they do all the wrestlers and uh, just it's just going to be a quick picture of China. And then they're going to go on like, I, you know, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if WWE will be able to skirt through, skirt past this. One let, me, that let, me, let me ask this question to you and uh, Okay. Was your wife pay homage to any of? No. In any way, she... No. Okay. No. There it is. You just answered your own situation. Yeah. No, but I don't. But I also don't think WWE's going to be able to sweep this under the rug forever either. No, I'm not a forever. But until Stephanie wake up one. Because listen, listen. If the rumors are true, if the rumors are true. That macho man did sleep with Stephanie when she was 14 years old. He got inducted. That's macho man and Stephanie. Triple H has no say in that company. No, he doesn't have say. But 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 do you you see putting you see putting macho man in and and that being a absolutely. Absolutely. And that being the, the, the history of the involvement with the McMahons in that aspect, wronging right. the McMahons. I mean, that's a... <sighs> that's not a woman. That's not a woman. It's yeah. Stephanie's call. Stephanie can wait. Like I said, can't nobody wake up. The- and they waited till Marshall Man basically died to put him in. Pretty much. I mean, now right. China's been dead for See five that? years, so I, I mean... Hey, they ain't no limit on Petty. I don't know. Even though Stephanie was wrong, she broke. I'm saying, did that. Absolutely. 
But she also got the power to keep her. That's all I'm saying. It's on her or events. Like she's getting in, and that's that. Yeah. None of been and raised the fuss about. Don't make a fuss about because that's an old wound that they don't want people talking about. It's a wonder this this special made it out here and then gonna get people to. I'm pretty sure WWE. Hmm. Uh, wouldn't surprise me. All that's all I'm. That's what I'm looking at. A woman, you know what I'm saying. And now new woman finna get old. Even though she. You're chopping in and oh. out, Tony. Say. Oh. Oh. I don't know. It's um. You hear me better now? Yeah, better. Okay. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, you need to go back. You need to go and watch these documentaries. Because, you know, you learn a lot. You learn a lot. You definitely learn a lot. What you think about the uh, Bret Hart documentary? The one on A and E. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I watched it all the way through. Um, I don't remember watching it all the. Yes, I did watch it all the way through. I thought it was okay. Yeah. I thought it was all right. Um, the one I didn't watch all the way through was the Mick Foley one. Um, but uh, I thought it was okay. Like I said, the biographies are not as good as the Hidden Treasure shows. Yeah. The Hidden Treasure shows are, are very good. They're entertaining. Don't you take a dark side of the ring this thing? Um, well, so far it's good. The season, you know, ramps up again in September uh, yeah. with, with the second half of the season. But uh, I think the, the episodes, the Brian Pillman episode was very good. I thought the uh, the Jake Roberts episode was very sad. Yeah, it was kind of like, ugh. And it's like, man, we wrestling got their own Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Um, the Dynamite Kid to me was kind of sad. The Dynamite Kid one was also sad. Um, what else? The, the Collision in Korea was was entertaining. Yeah. Um, we talked about Sonny Ono making an appearance in the Andre the Giant um, yeah. treasures last week. Um. I didn't like that Nick Gage one. That was probably no, the only stupid. one I didn't watch. Is I, I feel like Jim Cornette. Yeah, I that shouldn't even be a part of wrestling. No, nah, I don't agree but, either. But whatever, I watched it. But whatever. Yeah, they that outlaw mud wrestling. I, I can't watch that, man. Um, but yeah, we're. I'm curious to see what other stories uh, are left for the season. Um, let me see. Dark side. was FMW. FMW was another one. Um, there was a few. There was a few more to go, and then I think I, I think if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, they were they were given the green light for a season four. Um, yeah, yeah. 
So we're going to get Ion. Cryatu. Cryatu. We're going to get the United States versus Vince McMahon. That's going to be a good one. FMW. The Plane Ride from Hell. Luna Vachon. Chris Canyon, which I believe is the season finale. And Extreme Pro Wrestling. Yeah. So, um... I'm so, trying to think of what other scandals have they have not talked about. I think next year, if they can, I think they're going to do the Ring Boy scandal. I would think so. Now that Pat Patterson's dead, yeah, um, it's possible they'll do that. They'll do um, Pat Patterson. That that uh, actually a few people from that from that uh, story is dead. Pat Patterson, uh, Barry O, um, that they these. Alleged kid, uh, what's his name? Tom, uh, Tom something. He's dead. Mel mm-hmm. Phillips is dead. Uh, you think they're gonna do a do a little butcher? Abby? Will they do an Abby? I mean, yeah, they could do an Abby one. They could definitely do an Abby one. He's been on the show before. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm trying to think who else would have who has a story that. I think that they should do um it's Russo. Oh no, I don't want to hear a Vince Russo documentary. I got no interest in that. But a scumbag promoter? Let me think. Scumbag maybe they'll do a Jim Hurd. <laughs> um ah, and let me tell you something. Speaking of Jim Hurd, Ric Flair threw Jim Hurd under the bus. Uh, big time really? in this uh, in this most wanted treasures episode, and without name, without without uh, without mentioning any names. Hold on, come on, damn it! There, there we go. Oh yeah, he goes. Um, I left, and you know he wanted me to stay, and I wouldn't, and whatever, and he told me f you, and I told him. Same back, and this—it was just a big, a big back and forth that they had. Oh, let me see here. Let me see. Let me see if we can at least cue up that part where he told Jim Hurd to take a hike. Um, this is this, this week's episode is all about the documentaries of the week. Uh, because it was much more entertaining than the than the wrestling that uh, came out this weekend. Though I take that back. Not everything was bad. Not everything was bad. You did have a hand at hell in the so. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Let me see if this is what he talks about. Tell me, Mr. Flair, how did you fare in the Royal Rumble draw? Lord Alfred, I drew number three. To a lot of people out there, they'd say, my God, what a disadvantage you're going at. So a Royal Rumble match, for my money, is the best match in all of professional wrestling. And the reason why is it's at least 30, sometimes 40 or 50 people coming into the match. Let me see. Every night. Morning performers. Let me see here. For an hour, minimum. Come on, damn it. I was thinking to myself, am I really here? Is this happening? Okay, I'm going to rewind it a little bit. Championship. Oh, here we go. I've never heard, I mean, that's... And instead, he said to me. Chief rival for some time. 
Ted Turner was the proprietor, if you will, of WCW. And it, during that time, Come something... On. Here we go. Come on, damn it. <sighs> rival for some time. Ted Turner was the proprietor, if you will, of WCW. And it, during that time, something took Rick's passion and confidence away. I see Flair in a lot of situations, Jim Bowen. I, I know right now that this time in his career, he's really having to reach down and fight back with his back. When you know you're the deal, which I knew I was at one point in time, and, you, and all of a sudden, someone who really doesn't know anything about the business is put in a position of power, don't even know what he was doing. Well, I just couldn't get along with the new guy that uh, Turner brought in. He had no respect for me at all. Ric Flair has uh, uh, spent a career bending the rules. We really don't care what Ric Flair has to say about the thing. He was all about change. He wanted to call me Spartacus. I cut my hair. I mean, I literally had a nervous breakdown cutting my hair. And we just couldn't get along. Now, you have walked across the line. That's when I heard was running me into the ground. You know, there were the, the word old, mm. which is the worst word you can hear, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I thought, what the hell? I mean, I was just lost. They wouldn't use me and wouldn't let me go. Just a 16-time world champ. <laughs> Unreal, man. After extensive negotiations with Nature Boy Ric Flair stretching over the course of nearly one year, the parties have been unable to arrive at a mutually satisfactory contractual... He had promised me a new contract, and instead he said to me, F you. You'll do what I tell you. I said, no, I won't. And he said, you're fired. I said, thank you. Nature boy Ric Flair stripped of the WCW World's Heavyweight Championship. I've never heard. I mean, that's never happened before in World Championship Wrestling. And Vince wanted me to come to New York. I just called him on the phone and said, you've asked me before, and I told you I'd come, and then I didn't. This time, if you want me, I'll come. And he said, um... Well, okay, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, something like that. Just a handshake and an opportunity. There's one, just one, world heavyweight champion. And you've got to know it's me. The good news is we might be leaving with... No. So much to, to, to swallow this week. So much. So much. Get your, get your popcorn ready and watch some. Yeah. All right. Well, Doom had to bail out. Um, yeah. But yeah, Tony. So if you haven't watched any of these, these things from this week, clear your schedule tomorrow or Thursday or whatever and watch these things because, boy, were they, were they interesting. Especially... The China one. As, as sad as it was, it was interesting. So. I gotcha. Now, we did have uh, get out, switch gears, switch gears. Now, we had a, a match for the universe. Well, we, we had a couple of things switch gears. There was a universal title match on SmackDown, as you said. Inside the Hell in a Cell. First time ever on SmackDown. First time a Hell in a Cell match took place on television in uh, 23 years. 
and um, it was okay. I don't know. What do you think about? What did you think about the match, Tony? I mean, I thought it was a, a decent match, good match. It was solid. I was glad. I was glad the ending happened how it happened. Yeah. That was all I was worried about. Yeah. And of course, neither showed up at the pay per view on Sunday, which leads me to believe they asked for Father's Day off. Right. So, uh, but then again, there's a rumor going around now, and this will lead into what happened on Monday, that uh, Vince has issued an edict, as if that's the right word, edict, that no televised match can happen without a reason. No? No televised match can happen without a reason. Wait a minute, hold on. So they got to tell a story? For, they have... Something has to happen to prompt the match. Oh, An altercation that. backstage, ongoing story, rematch from the pay-per-view, uh, as the result of a heated interview, whatever. There just cannot be a match for the sake of having a match. Gotcha. Okay. So you won't see Randy Orton wrestling uh, Ricochet for no reason on Monday Night Raw. Something has to happen for them to have that match. Like Orton jumping Ricochet backstage and that match happening later in the night. This match just made official. Ricochet will go one-on-one with Randy Orton tonight on Monday Night Raw. That type of situation. Also, it's, so, be, it's being speculated that the reason why the Hell in a Cell match took place on Friday, and of course last night, is uh, to help boost the ratings. Well, it went unopposed last night. Was- they went unopposed last night, but they then uh, they were also unopposed on uh, on Sunday. Friday. On Friday too. I mean, it's not like. Yeah, AEW aired on Friday night, but it aired at 10 o'clock. Right. So, um, so yeah. So, Kofi, so Kofi gets a title match. Kofi gets a title match at Money in the Bank. First pay-per-view in front of a crowd. Fort Worth, Texas. Fort Worth, Texas at the Dickies Arena. At the Dickies (laughs) Arena. (laughs) <laughs> gotta start small, Tony. Gotta start small. Yeah, they could have went to uh, wait. Uh, what was that? I said they could have went to the Armory in Texas. They could have went, went to the Armory. They could have gone to the old WCW haunts that we've talked about over the years. Right. Yeah, they could have gone to Birmingham and went to the Birmingham Jefferson Memorial Coliseum. Right. Or uh, mm-hmm. or wherever, you know? That's what I'm saying. Wheeling, West Virginia. Facts. Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls. And I don't think they've been to the, <laughs> to the Dakotas in years. But, I know, man. They're abandoning the Dakotas. But anyways, so... Um, so, yeah. 
I was so um, who's Roman facing that uh, Monday in the Bank? I'm assuming we're going to find out this coming uh, week on SmackDown. If he fights Jay Uso or uh, Jimmy, this nepotism thing going way too far. Well, they're not they're not going to give away a big match at Money in the Bank, considering that SummerSlam is the month after, and it's going to take place inside of a stadium. So, um, it's probably going to be... where they're going for SummerSlam. Yeah, but we're going to see. I Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm assuming we'll know Friday on SmackDown. But I'm thinking, okay, Double A, what, what match at SummerSlam or match at titles are going to get people giddy about... A Saturday SummerSlam a day. There have to be some good matches. Two main events. Two main events. It's going to probably be a four to five hour show. Um, I don't know, Tony. I don't know. It's so upside down right now that I don't have an answer for you. If the Cena thing is rumor is true... Why would you bring him in to beat Roman? I don't know. And then the Brock Bobby Lesnar, I mean Bobby Lesnar. <laughs> Brock, <laughs> Brock Bobby Lashley happened. Brock ain't wrestled a match in what? Are you, let me let me ask you this. You heard about the uh the Bailey botch during one of the uh one of her segments uh where um, when Bobby made a botch last night, no, but but this was a technical botch. It wasn't it wasn't Bailey's fault that the um, oh. that the person uh, working the uh, the cryon working the the uh, the names on the screen put on the screen, okay, for Bailey, WWE champion Brock Lesnar. <laughs> now, how do you make that mistake? Can't, you can't. Way. A lot of people are saying that that was a subtle tease of what's to come. I don't know if I believe that. I don't think WWE would be that stupid to do something like that. Right. And my whole thing is, so Brock and Bobby have a few. And then Brock beats Bobby. Bobby beats Brock twice. Because Drew McIntyre can't beat WWE champion. Unless, he he go. Unless somehow he wins the money in the bank. But he's not in it. Cause Riddle won it. Yeah, but there's Riddle a there's beat. a last chance match next Monday. Oh, okay, doing like yeah, so okay. I loved when Brock won the money in the bank. That was. And then what else? Um, see, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. I really don't know how this is going to pan out for SummerSlam. I really don't. But we'll see. Um, 
before we get into the pay-per-view, a couple of uh, news stories. Uh, of course, WWE is going to be touring on the road again. AEW is also going to start touring this coming week. Um, they are headed to uh, Miami to do Dynamite and their TV and stuff. Um, the first episode of Rampage will take place in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on Friday, August 13th. And you want to give an enema? Yeah. I think they're going to give him an enema that night. Um, hmm. Oh, and they're going to be going to Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York City for an episode of Dynamite in the month of August. So Dynamite will be taking place from a tennis stadium. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. And um, that's it. Thumbslam, this is the 25th anniversary. 25th anniversary of what? Heart and Soul, Thumbslam 97? No, 2024. 24, okay, 24. so next year is 27. I mean 25. Mm-hmm. But, um... So this is the 25th anniversary of my game. Of mind games. And they, speaking of mind games, they did talk about mind games um, and the Stone Cold uh, Mick Foley thing. They talked about all his first matches, by the way. They talked about mind games. They talked about um, the Boiler Room Brawl. They talked about all those things. Buried Alive. Buried Alive. Um... They talked about it when when Mr. McMahon finally became a, uh, a Mick Foley fan. Let's see if Tony if Tony C knows what when that was. When do you think Vince McMahon finally became a Mick Foley fan? What pivotal moment do you think it was? Was the hospital thing? Nope. It was before that. Uh. See, with do love, right? Nope. You're in the right area, though. Some it was something with Taker, right? Mm, no. Hell, I give up. His infamous promo with Jim Ross in 1997, where he was talking about how the pain he endures and whether or not people think he enjoys it and um, and things like that. It was a promo that he had done in the studios where he gave Jim Ross the mandible claw at the end of it. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. That was the promo that McMahon finally said, you're a great performer. So, And I don't know if you've seen... The video floating around, it's very sad video, by the way, of uh, Von Kaiser circling the internet, Paul Orndorff. Oh, no. He is in the hospital suffering from a CTE, and it's a video his son took of him. And, and there are some wrestlers that are begging 
the people not to share the video and not to repost it and to take it down from the internet and stuff. Because if 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 uh, if Paul had all his faculties, he would hate to see that this video was getting around of him. It is a malnourished and disheveled Paul Orndorff with raggedy long hair and the the beard and the mustache, I should say, talking to his son who's videotaping him. Like, Dad, do you know who I am? He's like, yeah. Look, do you remember wrestling? He doesn't respond. He takes this little cup that I guess was on a tray there in the hospital that is full of um, salt and pepper packets. And starts handing them one by one to his son. He takes one of the pepper packets, opens it up, and pours the pepper in his mouth to see to see what it tastes like. Um, it is sad video. It really is, and it doesn't look like Paul is going to be long for this world anymore. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so um. Yeah, you know that's that's one of the uh, the key players of WrestleMania one. So that means let's see, Roddy Piper. That means all. That means the team, the heel team from WrestleMania one. If something were to happen to, to Orndorff, the heel team from WrestleMania one will have be long no longer with us. Very sad. Very sad. Um, All right, let's talk about this pay-per-view on Sunday. Okay, the pay-per-view I didn't hate, but I wasn't over the moon about it either. The only match I didn't care about was the uh, Lashley-McIntyre match. As much as they beat the hell out of each other, I really didn't care about the match. And it was the main event that closed out the show. Um, But the other matches were entertaining and better. The Bailey-Bianca Belair match inside Hell in a Cell, which I don't know why that match took place inside Hell in a Cell. I thought about that after the fact. Uh, But it, it it was an entertaining match. Uh, the other matches involving the females was was pretty good. Um, what other matches were there? There was um, uh, there really. I'm trying to. I'm blanking on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the umpteenth time. Yep. Was okay. Um. No, let me Did pull. Again. What was that? I said, don't want to see it again, though. No. No, I don't either. Uh, Let's see here. Hold on. I'm going to... I'm going to... I'm going to... Let's see. Here we go. Hell in a Cell. There we go. Um, The matches were... Seth Rollins defeated Cesaro. Alexa Bliss defeated Shayna Baszler. Uh, Sami Zayn defeated Kevin Owens. By the way, this pay-per-view started at 8 o'clock. 
Yeah, did. Uh, threw me off completely. Charlotte Flair defeated Rhea Ripley via disqualification, and then the main event was Bobby Lashley defeating MVP or defeating uh, Drew McIntyre to retain the WWE title. So the pay per view was okay. It wasn't. You know, the World Wrestling Federation title. Yeah, the World Wrestling Federation title. But it wasn't anything special. Um, now we go to Monday Night Raw and Xavier Woods versus Bobby Lashley in a Hell in a Cell match. That was a good match. Oh, yeah. It was a very good match. Um, better than the match on the pay-per-view, that's for sure. Oh, my uh, God. I'm looking here, and I just did like a, a hover over Bobby Lashley's name. His name is Franklin Roberto Lashley. Get the Bobby from absolutely Roberto. 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 Okay. Uh, huh. Yeah, it's very, very weird. Uh, I'm reading up. He he owns a smoothie shop. Um, he's got a whole shitload of uh, entrepreneurial uh, things. Anyways, all right. So that was the pay per view. But like I said, the Hell in a Cell match on Raw was better. The rest of Raw, eh? It was qualifiers for Money in the Bank. But the one thing I do want to talk about is Nikki Cross. Did you see Nikki Cross, Tony C? No. Did you I he- didn't. did you hear about Nikki Cross? No. So Nikki Cross teamed up with Alexa Bliss to face Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax in a qualifier for Money in the Bank. Nikki Cross and Alexa won, but here's here's what happened. Nikki Cross came out dressed as a superhero. And very snug gear. And everything was jiggling and everything was moving. And, uh, yeah. It was interesting to watch. But she won the match. Yeah, she won the match. Let me see here if I could. Uh, I'm gonna post a picture of what she looks like to you, because it was. Um, let me see your copy. All right, Tony. See, take a look at that. It doesn't leave anything to the imagination, and like I said, everything was jiggling around and and whatnot. But but it was it was interesting. Yeah, it definitely was interesting. Um, So um, oh, and it seems that they may have already dropped the Eva Marie storyline. Yeah, 
because uh, her partner Dewdrop, as they named her, already walked out on Eva Marie. Already, I I did see some with that Otis looking broad. So yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and speaking of Otis, Otis on SmackDown lost his uh, his beard. This heel Otis. Heel Otis. <laughs> Oh boy. It definitely was uh it was an interesting Monday night raw. To say yes, the very least. Um we'll see what happens Friday night on SmackDown. Uh let me see here. I don't think there's anything else here that we need to uh There's anything here that we need to cover wrestling-wise. Of course, we talked about last week uh, that Samoa Joe was rehired and is basically the muscle for William Regal on uh, NXT. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's it. Oh, and I guess congratulations to... Are, are go out to Cody Rhodes and Brandy, they, the, the birth of their daughter. And also, congratulations goes out to the Moxley family. <laughs> Renee Young gave birth to uh, Dean Ambrose's... Uh, I believe they had a daughter as well. I think her name is Lila, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was Lila. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you right now what the name is. Um, uh, let's see. Welcome her first child. Her name is, baby girl is officially here. Uh, let's see. Nora. Nora. Nora is her name. And that was as a result. Now it makes sense because uh, Dean Ambrose took over Renee's podcast last week. And hosted it. Huh? Dealing with that baby. Yep. So, uh, so yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen in the weeks to come. If we hear about... uh, Dean Ambrose and his parenting ways. Oh, man. And I think that's it wrestling-wise. Anything else you want to touch on, Tony C? Uh, no. I'm ready to put some ice on my goddamn mom. Oh, my God, yeah. Go get some ice and, and have a late-night snack and, and all that. Good Lord. All right, so let's talk about what's going to be happening here on the network, and that it starts uh, or continues tomorrow with the AEW uh, podcast. That is the Marked Order podcast, ten fifteen tomorrow night. Of course, it's not following Dynamite. However, um, it's um, I was just looking at something. It's a uh, Dynamite airs on Saturday this week. 
due to the NBA. Then on uh, Monday, you get a brand new episode of The Shining Wizards. This program, The Rant, live every Tuesday. By the way, I forgot about Turd Book of Throwbacks. Sorry, Phil. Friday at 9. And, uh, and that's that. Remember, mark it on your calendar. Saturday, August 21st, the 700th episode of The Rant, live prior to SummerSlam. More details in the weeks to come. And if you're a fan of Conan O'Brien, like I am, Okay. Watch his final episode on TBS this Thursday at 11 o'clock. I'm a big fan of Conan. So uh, so show your support. Watch Conan on uh, Friday or on Thursday at 7 o'clock on, uh, on TBS. All right. With that said, let me get some uh, closing music here. I think last week I played the, what, the NWA... I need some uh, music here. Let me see. Uh, okay. Let me do this. Here we go. I think I got this one. Here we go. And with that said, for Tony C, for everybody listening in the chat room and everybody listening live, I'm Double A. We'll see you next week for another edition of The Rant. Have a good night, everybody.